That's not a knife. This is a knife. any other quotes that I, I there probably are um it's for washing your backside that's one when that's, he discovers the bidet that's a good one and i do like the part where he's like oh everything is upside down then how i'm used to it where's all your masupius <laughs> what's this you know, a possum yeah that's the only one you've got it's the name where's your wallabies your kangaroos <laughs> you sound like Ricky Gervais doing yeah. an Australian accent. I sound like Ricky Gervais doing Gordon Ramsay impersonating <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and see if they're any good. I'm DJ. This is Whoa, Dan. that was too where, fast. Where are we off to? We're off to the races I here. Got, I got stuff to talk about. Okay. Hi, I'm Damon. <laughs> Hi, I'm Damon. I, I said your name. You You just jumped all over your own name. I said it. Wow. Yeah. You're right. So don't blame me. When I don't get any letters when, from the when fan. No one when our audience doesn't <laughs> write us. Uh welcome to the show, everybody. Damon, how are you? Uh, Halloween's over, you okay? Yeah. Good? I'm glad it's over. I am the Ebenezer Scrooge of Halloween. And not too long before we we all fall back with our clocks, which you love. Oh, another fucking stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hot out today. Yeah, it was like 88 degrees outside this today. This Chinese hoax is really wearing me down. Centigrade. We're all dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's been uh, kind of weird Halloween season. But the, I think any time that election, like, because Halloween is actually really close to, you know, when the election actually occurs. And No, I'm familiar with how that works. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, every four years. No, you don't understand. <laughs> every four years, it falls around the same time right no yeah but, but what about the other the other years is it is the election is it a, the presidential election no, a different no, no, time no, of no. year See, or? the olympics are ever, oh no wait actually i should be really angry because i love presidential elections but i hate the olympics so the olympics mm. is something i gotta trudge through just to get my sweet sweet election time really yeah. And what's great about the election, and little, very few people know this about the Founding Fathers, they deliberately put it very close to Halloween so that everyone can go, oh, well, you want to know something that's really scary? Election day is around the corner. <laughs> nice. So that's They good. actually did that for thinking. They're like, you know, we need to give the local news people a zinger. We need your uncle <laughs> to have something to say. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Boy, huh? How about these two? These two vampires. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think uh, I'm on the cusp of breaking new ground in satire, political satire. I think we need to get you a sitcom. Or just a right wing radio show. Crocodile Dundee. Do you have mm-hmm. any? I know this is not a special movie in your heart. Do well, you have- I mean, it's not. It's not that I. Not for lack of trying. I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> that 
makes it seem like I've seen it often. Like this movie sent you flowers. Under duress. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. It's outside my window with the stereo. I'm like, go home, Paul Hogan. I'm not interested in your fish-out-of-water scenarios. I don't think you understand. He's from Australia. Oh, I get it now. That's that's the thing I was missing this whole time. The mm-hmm. whole time I was just like, why has he got giant knives and talking all like Boston meets New Zealand all the time? But now I make sense. I meant Boston meets England, not New Zealand. You're going to make me edit that in, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I need you to Can you clip that, that to make it sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, did you? You've never seen this? No. Why is he Dundee? That's his name. Oh, his last name is Dundee. Yeah. Why is he Crocodile? That's his first name. His no. first name is Crocodile. <laughs> well, okay, maybe not. His, his mother was a crocodile. It's an origin story it's for a his first name or his nickname. I think his name is Mick. Yeah, Mick Dundee is his name, and they uh, call him Crocodile Dundee because he kills crocodiles. Oh, uh, okay. And he goes to New York in this one, or is that the second one? I think it's both. I think he, he goes to New York in this one. So there's a reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Sue. I don't remember the actress's name. And they're not going to fall in love by the end of it, um, I'm assuming. I, I want you to be surprised. <laughs> but she's sent out to, like, I don't know, do an... Uh, interview with him or and something like that. And she's super ugly or... Yeah, she's just... She has glasses. Oh, so... I know the type on that um, one. So she shows up and then uh, I think uh, Mick kind of shows her the ways of the wild and then for some reason they go back to New York. I don't mm-hmm. know the, the kind of intricacies of the plot. I'm sure we'll find out. Um, and then it's fish out of water and then he's just... Uh, he saves her. She's got like some asshole boyfriend that they have to overcome. Oh yeah, and then so at some point, then they fall in love. So it's it's a love story. I do love goodness. asshole boyfriends who are just so villainous that it's like, why did you need anyone to come in yeah. and tell you that this person's? I also love like just wishy washy boyfriends that have to be you know dumped to get to the the new guy they met. I'm thinking of like Sleepless in Seattle. What I mm. love about those guys though is that they're like. I have to leave you. And they're always like, yeah, go to him. Right. Yeah. I'm like, like what? what? What relationships have you been in? <laughs> I'd be like, look, I know we're wrong together, but I will be cold in the ground before <laughs> I let you get out of this. See, I always relate to the wishy-washy guys. Oh, yeah. Out. And so when they're like... Like, uh, stay with Bill Pullman. He's nice. He's just yeah. got allergies. He's doing you can't his, hold that up against he's him. He's doing his best over there. Yeah. He's got to sleep with Greg a humidifier. Greg Kinnear or whatever. Always Greg Kinnear. Just, he's just so handsome, though. He has to be a villain. Having a job, being generally nice. <laughs> what an asshole. You need someone from Australia. Dump that zero. <laughs> but no, this is more of the 80s version, which is, you're thinking more of the 90s. This right. is more 80s. Where, Should I be thinking of like Michael Douglas and Wall where Street? Where he's like that coked sort of up. Thing? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it's more Alec of Alec Baldwin and Working Girl. That's a good one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other weird thing, I think this is like... 80s femme fatale like i think she's like kind of independent like but in, uh, in but, but in a like re- reined in but in a like yeah 80s way where it's like <laughs> but are you you know what i mean like eventually <laughs> that's the that's what the movie's saying like even though it's like no, seems I, to unfortunately, be i know exactly what you're talking about like it's it's like like in real terms like 20 percent feminist like it's like yeah you've come a long way baby but uh won't you uh, 
tuck it on, in, tuck it in a little bit. You know, or, I don't, know, I don't know. I can't think of a good thing. <laughs> Why don't you put on these giant high heels or something? Yeah. Also, unfortunately, Jurassic World followed the same sort of. Yeah, I think this rules. is going to stand up better than that. Actually, oh, it's yeah. a shame to having to seen that see again it. recently. Really disappointing. <laughs> um. This was actually a big movie for my childhood, like probably on the level of like Back to the Future, where it was like a thing. Back that, to the Future levels? Yeah. I mean, Crocodile I Dundee? I don't think, no, listen, I don't think critically this is going to hold up as well, but I just mean that in terms of significance and like, I definitely saw this like with my family, like my dad and mom liked it too or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I saw it many times. Uh, right. And you went to that Australian immersion school after begging your dad to send right. you? Or you only spoke Australian? This is one that's going to be interesting to uh, kind of note all this. I mean, it's obviously he's just a walking stereotype. Like, And you had knives to carve your homework into wood instead of... Instead of pencils and paper, you had that, little pouches full of Foster's beer instead of milk that you would just a little, jam a little, a little pet platypus yeah. that I brought around with me. Poison. They have and that you kept in a venom. cage. It was like your Hedwig, but it was a platypus right. and it didn't fly and it laid eggs. And it barely, but it was still a mammal. barely crawled. I don't know. And it was still a mammal, but it was also venomous. What the fuck, Australia? Platypi are awesome. They are awesome, but they're also weird. It's just like God was like, well, I got all this shit left. Leftover parts. Let's yeah. see what I got. <laughs> you s- should save that platypus bit for your sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I got a duck bill. I've got an otter. And fuck it, I got snake venom. Let's do that. Why not? Why not? And eggs. And I guess it's going to lay eggs. Oh, Australia is weird. Um, it's like God's testing grounds. It's just like. It's like those McDonald's that would be on off of the J- Jersey Turnpike that would have like items that they were just testing on people. Right. Yeah. And that's Australia for God. He's just like, we're just, you know, we're doing a limited run here. I just want to <laughs> see how the people react to them. It's the world in beta. It's a bear. It's in a tree, though, and it's high all the time. Eucalyptus, man, that'll do it to you. Yeah. See how it goes. Now, this is a giant dog, but it keeps all its young in a pouch that's full of mucus on itself. So, you know, that's just a treat, too. Also, it boxes. Is that a kangaroo? Yes, a kangaroo. Maybe a wallaby. I don't know about a giant dog. What would you give it? They're more like a deer. Yeah, Yeah. a giant deer. A giant, like... Muscly. Muscly deer. Arm having... Yeah. Have you ever seen, like kangaroos at the zoo yeah they're the most casual animal because they're not when they're not upright they're just like they're like jack draw me like one of your french girls like they're (laughs) all in this weird position like hey what's up kangaroos i saw that one there was one like going around the internet that like he was like really muscular kangaroo Uh brutus or something like that and i was like brutus he was named brutus something like that and i was like man that kangaroo is ripped you were into it a little bit I mean, not sexually, but I was, but I was like, feeling feeling like... But like if he bought you a drink? No, I mean, I, I would hang out with any You'd kangaroo. You'd take a drink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang... He doesn't need to buy me a drink. I'll hang out with a kangaroo. Don't try to make this sexual. It's weird. Right. It's so weird. I got it. So you want to fuck Brutus the kangaroo. Got it. Look Loud and clear. I'm just saying, he has a really great body. Is, is that so wrong? Can another man... <laughs> Talk to a male kangaroo about what a great body he has. Is it with gay. you people? 
The bestial people. <laughs> right. No, the, not the gay people, but the bestial. Oh, no, 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 no. The no. zoophiles. I think this has some uh, mild homophobia in it. Homophobia oh, in as well. I've, I was thinking on the way here, I was like, I sh- I'm sure there'll be some homophobia in it. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be some, some racial stereotypes that yep. might make me uncomfortable. And I think he encounters a... Uh, transgendered person as Ooh, well okay like cross-dresser but then he like uh i'm not sure where on the spectrum the person would actually be but right uh, and neither does the movie well yeah. i don't care well the movie definitely plays it for a joke so right well i can't wait you've really uh i'm really excited now i love fish out of water i love transphobia homophobia some light racism mm-hmm. just a dab nothing nothing too bad boomerang throwing I do like that. That's why I play Legend of Zelda. Knife having. Also, Legend of Zelda. Pretty sure they eat a snake at some point. Also Legend of Zelda. No, I can't back that Which up. one is that? That's Wind Waker. Wind Waker, he's always got to eat snakes to restore your life. Yeah. It's just how it works. Uh, Crocodile Dundee is on Amazon right now. Uh, so we're going to watch it on there. If you can uh, watch the movie with us, we'll be right back. <laughs> What a great song. What a great film. Wow. Barely, Didn't make me uncomfortable at all at any portion. Barely any sexual assault in it. <laughs> if I had to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no sexual assault and 10 being all sexual assault, <laughs> I'd give it a 3. It was... If you had to rate it in gropes, how many gropes would you... I give gropes? this movie two gropes. Two gropes up i guess they were we're back (laughs) we've watched a film called quote crocodile end quote dundee there are quotes in the title uh it's important added for for american audience for american audiences it seems like a dubious bit of trivia but it said that they added the quotes because they didn't think American audiences would understand that he's not literally a crocodile. <laughs> we I have don't know trouble. where that came from. We have trouble with metaphors and nicknames and sarcasm. So let me ask you this. Yeah. When you're alphabetizing this movie, do you put it in punctuation? Like, Ugh, I hate up it. Top? Ugh, let me, you know, I love alphabet. Anyone who knows me knows Alphabets. I love, I love Alphabetizing Can't get enough of the serial alphabet. And I hate it when my iTunes just assumes like, oh, there's a quote here. I guess you want this at the end of the list. I'm like, no, just ignore the quote. Why would I ever categorize something like that and keep all the quotes down here and all the punctuation? That way I can look it up easier. Because <laughs> that's the fucking that's what point. I'm going to think of. You would really... Oh, wait, that one opens with a quotation mark, so just, you know... So look down at the bottom of the alphabet. Would you want it as under crocodile, or would you want it under Dundee, Dundee comma quote crocodile end quote? <laughs> Obviously, the latter is how I would think of it naturally. And then they dropped the quotes for the sequel. So no, did they? I don't know. I just made. I, it up. No, they didn't. They don't, kept them. I was surprised they kept them. Don't care about that. 
Don't. That's not the movie we're talking about, damn it, because we're <laughs> going to talk about Crocodile Dundee. Would you please recap this movie? For oh, me? okay. Well, uh, Lisa Kowalski plays Sue. Sue journalist. Uh, and <laughs> Sue she, generis. She, she works for Newsy the new york newsy paper and uh but she's already in australia when the movie begins yes which was a brave take on this yeah just go ahead and skip skip to that and she's calling her editor and she says hey i heard this story about this guy who survived a crocodile attack i want to find him talk to him he seems like a real interesting gent and the guy says well uh, papers haven't entered their death spiral yet, so I'm going to pay for you to stay in Australia and report on this guy you heard a rumor about. Go find him. It might take forever. I don't know. It, but we're, I'm sitting on a pile of money here. Enjoy your penthouse with a view <laughs> of the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> it's by ridiculous. The way, by the way, I love you because I'm also your editor. But I won't tell you that until you get back to America. No, he does. They do say I miss you, and it is clear that there's something going on. But oh, is, I miss that. Yeah, it it it's not as overt as when he weirdly gropes her face when she gets home. As back. an American, I need someone to explicitly you a, say things. You need quotes around. Yeah, I need quotes, <laughs> or I won't understand it. So, I miss you. Quote. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, so eventually, she does find this man. This man is the titular crocodile, half man, half crocodile <laughs> of the Dundee family. Bottom half, he has a tail. <laughs> we never saw the bottom half. You can't prove me wrong. It's true. Um, and he's he is just a card. He's just a real treat. Uh, she meets him in a bar. He's different. He's got a stuffed crocodile. He's, you know, he starts dancing with it's her. He punches rousing. a guy. Um, and they, uh, she decides that she's going to go uh, take a tour of the Outback with him, see how he lives. It's got nice, uh, the hatchbacks are the best ones. They've got some nice uh, trunk space. <laughs> Yeah, that's Subaru hysterical. jokes. Subaru jokes. <laughs> My dad happens to be a Subaru. Um, so eventually, I mean, they Sounds just like go. It's Subaru, like he's a super kangaroo. Uh, they, they, he kills a snake. They meet some poachers. He stops them from poaching kangaroos. Blah 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 blah. You know, they have some minor, you know. De- not death-defying, but definitely, like, They get into death some scraps. Taunting, death-taunting well, scraps. Well, she gets in a really... Oh, yeah, she does get... Ooh, that was... Yeah. She gets, she, uh, she she gets, gets attacked, attacked by a, by a crocodile. crocodile. Yeah. Jinx. Um, <laughs> Buy me a Faustus. You you owe me a LaCroix. <laughs> uh, that's the modern take on it. Oh, okay. Uh, what? She gets... She is she gets attacked by a crocodile. Crocodile, she stamps off because she thinks she's a, a person um, and right. can take care of herself. And while she's filling her canteen, a, a crocodile just bites her canteen and basically tries to pull her into the water. Yeah. And then he kills it. Crocodile Dundee kills it. Right. right. The crocodile doesn't kill himself. Well, I mean, in one way, because or he is he doesn't a crocodile. Like, he doesn't yeah. like kill it. Yeah, he killed it. Not that Crushed either. it. Yeah, crushed it. There's another Australian uh, for you. Yeah, so Paul Hogan, the cro- Crocodile Dundee is a sexist. He keeps calling her, right. Oh, you're just a Sheila. You don't go a brain. You're just a uterus to me. <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, 
And he eventually, you know, she storms off, gets attacked by a crocodile. Then they like uterus to me. Then uh, he saves her from the crocodile, and then uh, they run into an Aboriginal guy, and he they go to an Aboriginal dance. That's fun. She then she's not allowed because she's a Sheila. The back and forth of the uh, crocodile Dundee thing is he says something sexist, then she sees his charming side, and then he completely rebukes it by saying something sexist yet again. So when he gets back from the Aboriginal dance, he says something sexist again. Will they? Won't they? Have self-respect. They won't. <laughs> um, so, uh, eventually, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah she they, takes him back uh, to New York. She says, hey, why don't you come back to New York? I'm sure it'll be a very interesting experience for you. You'll be like a cow outside of a farmhouse. A pig out, outside of the pen. Exactly. A dog out off its leash. A chicken out of the coop. Exactly. A goose out of the park attacking me while I'm running. And that's accountant a, that's out of the office. <laughs> the old white supremacist out of Alabama. <laughs> Sorry, Alabamans. So then she takes him back to New York and, uh, you know, he's nervous on the flight. Oh, my God, we're so high above the air in the air. Is that the curvature of the earth I see? Um, and then when they land in New York, that's when I finally got the picture that the editor is her boyfriend because he kisses her like an alien impersonating human contact for the first time in his life. Um, and, uh, they go out, uh, they take him to the plot. Are they staying at the plaza? That's what I just assumed. Some big, I assume Kevin McAllister was three doors down. Right. Um, with, and the band three doors down were four doors down (laughs) because they got bumped. Um, uh, so he's staying at the plaza. He's like, how hey, many people are staying with me? And she's like, just you, crocodile. And he's like, my name's Mick. I hate it when people call me crocodile. <laughs> open your like al- you're gets- doing New Zealand. You just got to open up your mouth a little bit more. <laughs> I feel like you're there right. You you're right. It does work. <laughs> um, anyway, they go out to dinner. Language expert. <laughs> you, uh, in your free time, you do accent work with I'm a Meryl dialect Street. coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I worked with her on... Um, Doubt. <laughs> yeah. You gave her her Boston accent for doubt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solid. Um, I worked with her on She Devil. A lot of people mm-hmm. didn't notice the accent work yeah. there, but it was there. Um, so eventually, you know, she goes out to, they go out to dinner with her boyfriend and. Um, he's been uh, a real He's douche. been a douche. He's had like nine drinks before yeah. they've arrived. And, and uh, yeah. when she's looking away, he, Crocodile Dundee punches him in the face and uh he decides to get a ride back to the hotel in a cab well they drop off the drunk boyfriend and and sue goes with her boyfriend understandably yeah and he befriends the the uh cabbie and they go get a drink Mm -hmm. and you know they just have a night of rabble rousing assaulting transgendered women um you know talking to some prostitutes Punching pimps in the face. Then they finally go home. He drives the uh, the uh, cabbie home because the cabbie's now drunk. And, you know, there's a joke about him uh, driving on the wrong side of the road. Yep. All funny things. Just driving on the wrong side of the road, assaulting, you know, transgender women. It's just like great. a crock out of the outback. <laughs> like a crock out of the water. I mean, I think I'm onto there with the out of the water thing, but I just can't nail down the myth. Like a polywog out of the water. <laughs> 
what else uh, happens? There's just a bunch of more fish out of water shit. That's it. Oh, fish out of water. Some more vignettes. They go. Um, what was the the next thing they did they go there's the knife thing you call that a knife that's not a they knife. go to a party don't they go to that party then we find out that uh the sue sue journalist is uh she's actually the daughter of the guy who owns the paper she didn't so, earn it after all she didn't earn it which i think you know when you said that she didn't earn it i thought that was rather sexist because she just might be the best journalist in new york city and her father recognizes that and hired her you know it why may not be nepotism just, at all might just be one big coincidence why couldn't they just have her father not work at the paper he could everything would still work he could just be rich she's a sheila sheila's can't read or write <laughs> They just scratch on numbers and stamp their hooves on the top of tables to tell you how much they need. <laughs> how much what they need? Items, units, <laughs> units of items. <laughs> Women are stupid. Crocodile Dundee, eh? Yeah? Eh? Yeah? Eh? Um, so at this party, we get a little bit more sexual assault. Um, this time it's a... A biological, biological female, female. A cisgendered woman there we go. is there, and uh, who he then gropes to make sure that... Because uh, she has a deep voice. Yeah, I guess she has a deep voice and whatever whatever else he reads into it. And uh, he then assaults her by grabbing her genitals. But, but she's she into likes it. it. She's into so, it. you know, consent or no, she's into it, so what's the problem? Unlike the traumatized person earlier <laughs> right. in the movie. The traumatized trans woman who would, you know, fled out of the bar after being horrifically assaulted by a foreigner. Foreigner. Not that it's because he's foreign. It's because he's horrible. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she's into it. She's like, oh, I must visit Australia sometime. Mm. Uh, while we're at this dinner party, horrible douchebag uh, proposes to Sue, yep. Sue reporter. Uh, is this the same party? Uh, sure. No, I, I think actually, this is a different it's a different party. party. But you know what? For the purposes of the recap, I'm just gonna yeah. swing they it. They go together. to a different party. This one's at her dad's castle, right? Um. Uh. Uh, the editor boyfriend proposes to Sue. She doesn't actually accept. Tacitly, the, she tacitly accepts. She does tacitly accept. She uh, she kisses him and allows him to put a ring on her finger. Yeah. Uh, Mick is sort of uh, ruined, so he heads home. He hops into the. Uh, he plays it cool at the party, but he does leave. Yeah, he leaves. Starts wandering around Times Square with a. Uh, gets a ride back with the limo driver into Times Square. Goes wandering about. Gets attacked by the pimp that he had punched earlier, but yeah. Reginald Val Johnson, the limo driver, John Val Johnson, uh, he Jean Valjean uh, drives in prisoner two four six zero one crashes in, then pulls the 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 back hood ornament, the or whatever they he does. Call what that. what anyone, is that on a limo? On he, old limos, it's a what TV antenna. He does what everyone who's ever seen one of those things wants to do, which is tear it off and throw it like a boomerang. Which he does, successfully hitting one of the pimp's goons. Yep. So uh, Paul Hogan's out of trouble again. Uh, eventually, the next morgan- morning, Paul Hogan leaves the hotel, and he's like, Fuck this place! I'm gonna go have a walkabout around Australia! Yep. And uh, the nerdy bellman, Harvey Bellman, yep. as we named him, Says, well, bye, Mick. Oh, wait, no. No, Bye, Mick. So he points him in the direction of the subway. 
Crocodile Dundee hangs out at the subway. And then uh, Sue, journalist, she comes back and she's like, she tells Harvey Bellman, I love him. And he's like, well, he's at the subway. And she's like, oh, my God, I got to run. And then she throws her shoes off, which right. if you're running to a New York subway, probably not the best Maybe just idea. just keep them in your hands. Yeah. Um, just or get one of those little stockings that you get at shoe stores. Just keep them handy in case you need to run barefoot into New York. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Pizza Rat lives down there. It's true. Um, you don't know about him yet, 80s, <laughs> but your kids are going to love him. Your kids are going to love him. Uh, so, you know, then they get down there. There's a really cute scene where she has to yell across the subway platform. Yeah, she yells to like a guy a, who yells to another guy who yells to Mick. And then Mick, back to the back, and then back and, and everybody's back cheering. And, back, and then they kiss and then cheering and... They win. They literally just cut the scene. <laughs> they yeah. freeze frame and they. She says that it. she's not going to marry yeah. Richard. Was that yeah, her Richard. boyfriend's mm-hmm. name? The douchebag. And they did it. Yay! Did it. That's the movie. Yeah. We did forget. Uh, we kind of glossed over the the most iconic scene in the entire movie, which is okay because we can talk about the it now. knife. The knife scene. Uh, at one point, uh, Croc and Sue are walking around and. Uh, a guy dressed up as uh, Michael Jackson in Thriller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, threatens them with he a switchblade. He actually looks like one of the extras from uh, yeah from uh, Beat It. Beat It. Yeah, they're about to tie their hands together. West Side right, Story. Exactly. And fight. Yeah. he's bad. He's bad. Um, and he threatens them with a switchblade, and we get that's no knife. And then he pulls out his big Australian knife. That's an oif. That's an oif. Which is a thing that I've probably said three dozen times in my life. <laughs> I was hoping you were just going to go, mm, three times? Three times. If I have to estimate. So what do you like, aside from knives? Um, there's actually quite a bit of charm in this movie, uh, despite the uh, misogyny and, and, and transphobia and transphobia and, and a, a bit more assault than I would care for. It, and, you know, assault played for, um, you know, as part of the story is one thing. Assault played for laughs is a different thing. And, and yeah, this, I, I really does. It is. I try not to be um, someone who's hypersensitive to that, especially when watching like not not in a, an older movie. Yeah, yeah. Watching an older movie just because you can kind of get caught up in. But it is jarring. Like when you see it, I had kind of forgotten about that. I mean, and, I, yeah. I mean, we might as well talk about that part since that's I, I was surprised because I figured it would be, you know, politically. I knew there would be some weird scene. I mean, you already hinted yeah. that there would be some homophobia. Um, but this was, I was like, oh, I just figured it would be like, like in Predator when Jesse Ventura says, you slack-jawed faggots. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, I guess, I mean, Technically, I'm offended, but it's also so ridiculous that I'm not offended, and it's the 80s, so, well, you know, I don't want to get too... I mean, I get that it's... Uh, why it's offensive, right. but I also, like... Uh, yeah, I But he's it. playing, like, a big meathead military guy who would totally say something like that. Like, sure. Like, and, does, it's, and it's offensive that it's, like, just played off as, like, a joke line, but it's right. still, like, I got it. But this was... I mean, the scene in question, what happens is that he's out with this cabbie, uh, charming all these people at this bar, and there's a woman there, and Gwendolyn. he starts. What's her name? Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Uh, <laughs> he. I thought you were looking for your phone for like. I'm gonna confirmation. Fun, I'm gonna fun, look this up right now. This. No, I don't care. Um. So he's flirting with this woman at the bar, and um, 
you know, he's sort of leading to the question of, man, maybe we should get out of here sometime. Mm-mm. He's played by Mae West in my version yeah. of the Crocodile Dundee of my dreams. Uh, in a spot-on <laughs> Australian accent. Want to come up and see me sometime? You call that a knife? No, this is a knife. Anyway. You can stop uh, that. <laughs> because it's too jarring, because it feels like the ghost it's of Mae West is here. Eerily accurate. <laughs> um... And uh, the cabbie gets his attention and is like, I've been trying to tell you, that ain't no woman, that's a man dressed up like a woman's. Yeah. And uh, he's a fag, you know? you know? And I wanted to be like, uh, well, I feel like we're just sort of lumping a bunch of terms together here. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Crocodile, Mr. Dundee, right. um, you know, turns back, he looks her up and down, and he just you know, reaches Dundee. in between her legs and g- grabs her genitals, presumably. Yeah. And she legitimately Goes, <gasps> looks offended yeah. and, and horrified, away. and she you know, runs out of the bar. And the crowd laughs. They just laugh. And it was weird because, I mean, it, it looks like a man dressed up as a woman. So I yes. don't know if they were playing her as... I mean, I don't even know if the movie would even make a differentiation because the movie also calls her a fag. Right. Uh, if so, if she's transgendered or just, you know, a cisgender person who likes to wear women's clothing to, for jollies. When, well, what Paul Hogan was going for when he wrote this. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just a jarring scene, and it was it was weird because... She was part of the group that was hanging around. Yeah, like, they seemed no like they were her friends. No one seemed to be bothered by her. Yeah. Until... And then they turned on her, like... Until there was, like, sexuality involved, and then it was like, oh, no, she needs to be removed forcibly from this situation. Yeah. And then when she's attacked, they all just laugh at her. Yeah. And it's just a really jarring scene, and it's, it's hard to be like, oh, tut-tut, it was the 80s. It was just like, no. You can't just be grabbing people. And then he does it later to another woman, and it's played up for, uh, like, she would like it. Yeah. And, I mean, it does also, in retrospect, there's an earlier scene when they're still in the Outback where uh, Sue, I don't, I can't remember what actually happened. She has a scratch or something, and he says, well, that can be sepsis if you don't check it out. And so uh, he's going to check out her, her scratch, and so she gets down on all fours, and he pulls up her dress to check. You know, she's wearing a unitard underneath yeah. or whatever that outfit was. But really? that's when your wife scre- yelled, this is so obvious that it was written by a man. Yeah. <laughs> and we should mention that man is Paul Hogan. Yes, it was, in fact, written by Paul Hogan. Um, and it was just another, it was like, it was not as jarring, but it was also like, ugh. Yeah. It was just such a gross scene. Um, so... Yeah, that was I guess it's the good. most jarring of the things. I guess it's a sign of uh a little bit of growth that I'm horrified by that scene because it never registered with me sure. in the rest of my life in any other time I've seen it that and I and I haven't seen it recently, but you know, like uh I never would have thought, you know, it's oh it's funny. That's just, you know. And now I think that's horrifying. Like that's a horrifying yeah, scene. It, is a very- it actually kind of soured a lot of how I felt about his character, you know, like, cause he, he's kind of, even though he's like a ruffian, he's like, he like punches people and he like, he doesn't know what's going on and he's pretty violent. Um, he's, he's played as, you know, he's charming, 
like kind of innocent, you know, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. He's untarnished by city life, such as it <laughs> right. is. And with this, all the transgendered women running around. This sort of runs counter to all that if you really understand what he's doing, which is assaulting someone, yeah. you know. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, how they identify sexually. Like, the, that's an assault. The only thing that is important is that he is absolutely sure that, you know, if he has a suspicion that you are not as he thinks you should be displaying your gender, he has the right to then attack you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It was one of those moments that, you know, sometimes you can sort of breeze over bits in these 80s movies. Yeah. Uh, but this was a moment where I was like, ugh. It is a, this. And it's completely unnecessary to the plot. So it's co- it is. It's so easy that it could be easily snipped out of there. Well, it just goes to show that, you, you know, no one who edited or directed or anything was even remotely thinking about that. And they even right. filmed like a pretty realistic reaction from the person. They, they right. acted shocked, horrified and ran away. Right. And that was actually what is scary is like when you like part of that reaction is the way like, you're like, Oh God. Yeah. She didn't laugh it off or, you know, anything like that. Like, the, or sometimes or, I feel like in comparable scenes, you'll see, uh, the person who's attacked or whose gender identity is in question, be like, well, humph, like something like that, or right. realize the quote gig is up. Or right, yeah. Like that sort of thing where, where I mean, it goes back to the stereotype that trans people are just trying to trick us all into right. sleeping with them for... Like, when you get to that point, ends. it's too late, you can't get out now. Right, oh, you're a fag now, we got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a pretty disappointing scene. But otherwise, I, will, yeah, I do want to say... Let's move on from that, so we, we've uh, covered that ground. I do want to say, one of the things that I really do like about this movie, I couldn't have cared less about the love story, but what I, one of the things I do love is that he's, like, on this... Not on a mission, it's just, like, by the sheer force of his personality... Um, aside from the major caveats we've already stated, he's like on a one man uh, mission, for lack of a better term, of like charming New Yorkers yeah. individually. Yeah. And I like that almost every New Yorker that he meets, aside from, you know, quote unquote bad people, right. um, he wins them over. And it's always like these working class people, or he, you know, he he's drinking a bottle of bourbon while he's walking around in Times Square, and a homeless guy comments on it, wanting a sip, and he just gives him the bottle. He yeah. meets this cabbie. He bonds with the limo driver. Um, he bonds with the, the, the doorman at the that the hotel. Yeah. All these really charming he had, scenes. He knows the, the housekeeper somehow. Like, she comes in for one second, right. and he's already, he knows her name. He says... You know, Rosita, and he says, "When uh, muchos gracias." Yeah, and uh, Sue comes in and does this like sexy dance and pretends to be her, and he's like, "Oh, I was just being friendly." Uh, <laughs> like, like they have this whole off-screen camaraderie that we don't right. know about, which is really funny. It is very charming. He always gets in the front seat of cabs. He gets on the horse with a police officer <laughs> who he's... says, "Then like, have a good uh, day, Mick." And yeah. he's like, "Thanks, Dave." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the more charming aspect of the whole thing. Yeah, and they did uh, they did play that well. Like the, the first scene, he's like at a stoplight in the limo, and he chats up this guy who's just waiting in the crosswalk. <laughs> and it's really funny because it's played like this guy is is a rude New Yorker, but he's actually pretty nice. He's yeah. like he's like yeah, and then he gets back to his conversation, and then he's like yeah, I'm just here for the just in town for the week, so I'll probably see you around. <laughs> and he's like okay. <laughs> 
It was actually pretty. Uh, it is pretty very nice. charming. Yeah. Um, Anything else you liked? Um, the hats. <laughs> the hats. Uh, Bert the Roo Shooter. Bert Roo Shooter. <laughs> um, a man is listed in the credits as a Bert parenthesis Roo Shooter. Bert Roo Shooter. Um, I think Wally gets more to do in the second movie, which is what I was thinking. Is Wally like, his assistant? Yeah, Wally's like the kind of yeah. nervous guy, and they don't really address why he's nervous. I, I think their whole safari thing is a bit of a scam, uh-huh. it seems like. Well, it seems like, I mean, he played up the story. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I, I, I guess I didn't fully get, like, had Wally lied to Sue about the story? I'm not sure. Um, it seemed like the whole story was made up and wasn't even that, I mean, he wasn't, he claims he in his story that attracted Sue to interview in the first place. Uh, he says he's fishing and is attacked by a crocodile. He, it bites half of his leg off, uh, and he, you know, survives in the bush for, you know, a few months, finally pulling himself to town. And, in within the first few scenes, that whole story is like dismantled. He has a scar on his leg from yeah. a crocodile attack that looks completely healed over. Um, and he wasn't fishing; he was poaching crocodiles. Yeah. So it seems uh, I'm confused as to like, did they seek out Sue to tell this story, or yeah? And there's there's a bunch of other things like that where like. It's kind of a just a ruse for tourists, but it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of tourists up there either. Right? Like, um, but yeah, he he'll do he does the thing where he's like shaving with a a big razor, and then she comes by and he switches to the knife, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, but it's like it's like all part of this same kind of thing, this same weird kind of like fake. Yeah, like, like he's he, playing something up, but he really is like a. The owl guy, he, he really does like grab a snake and just kill it, you know, right. and like stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's a little strange. I don't understand what they're trying to say to some extent, but it doesn't really matter. By the time he gets to New York, it doesn't matter. Like, that, yeah, I that's thought the was, real point of this movie. Right. It's like he is the fish out of water, not, not her. It's not, it's right, not as I, interesting when she's being damseled in the. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be with a day. I expected it to be almost like romancing the stone where she would be, where she'd be played up as completely incompetent in the jungle. I mean, she gets into a scrape, but I mean, it seems like it's semi understandable scrape. Yeah. All she did was try to fill her, her canteen canteen, and there was a alligator or crocodile, excuse me, longer snout in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, she wasn't completely helpless, and I was also scared it was going to turn into this, like, as we said in the beginning, that it, she was going to be uh, defeministed yeah. uh, by the end. And she wasn't, there was a little she wasn't bit, really played not- up as a feminist, yeah. necessarily, aside from saying, I am a person with my own agency, which, uh, I mean, it wasn't, she wasn't played up like a movie feminist, I should right, say. I would right. say that is yeah. a feminist statement, but movie feminists tend to be either shrill right. or mean, especially in like these type of movies. But she wasn't really played up as that either. Um, That's so, really the only time she gets her like, uh, quote unquote, comeuppance is when she's attacked by the crocodile and he does have to come save her. Right. And that was the whole thing. But he's also she, a crocodile hunter. Yeah. And she was out on her own because he had made some... Snide comments. Snide comments, and she's like, "Well, I'll meet you at the ridge or whatever." And then, although it would have been better if she did meet him at the ridge, and then he would have had his comeuppance for being a sexist prick. 
Mm. There were a few things that I felt like the movie was laying out for like him to learn a lesson. Yeah, but then he didn't. But he never learned a lesson. Yeah. And the movie always portrays him as the hero. He never really gets in over his head, except for maybe that one pimp scene near the end where Reginald Vell Johnson comes and saves him with that ludicrous boomerang scene. <laughs> um, but I was expecting there to be some sort of like character arc for Crocodile Dundee. And I, uh, I almost wish I didn't know until after I had watched the movie that Paul Hogan had written the script. Right. Because when you know that at the beginning, you're like, well, his character is awesome and is constantly winning at things and succeeding. He never has to like learn a lesson. Right. He's sexist to this woman and she falls for him anyway. Um, and his sexism is almost like proven because he's like, you're yeah. just a Sheila. You don't know what you're doing. She walks off, gets attacked by a crocodile. He saves her from the crocodile. I make my case. And it could, I, mean, I rest my case, I mean. And they set it up like they're going to kind of like you know, turn the tables on him where she's going to be the guide in New York. And she is in the way that she tips the bellhop, but like, <laughs> and he doesn't know what that is. Right. And she knows what a bidet is and he doesn't like, but it's not really like, he's still, like you said, like winning at every turn, kicking ass, like right. winning York over New York making friend. and you know, it is charming, but it's also like, it, it was weird that they even set that up. Cause it's like, what are you trying to say? He's just awesome. Yeah. He doesn't really have a lot of transformation of character, but yeah. It is still mostly, eh, it's still charming. Like, uh, no, yes, yeah, aside from the big, huge things that we've already talked about, like, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's amusing. It's, uh, and, uh, yeah. I hate to say, like, despite these huge things that we spent like 20 minutes talking about, because it's like clearly what we took away from it. But. Right. Well, I mean, I, what do you think about the love story? Uh, the love story, the love triangle, I guess you should say, between yeah. her, uh, Croc. I call him and uh, Richard D- douchebag. Um, well, there's not really much tension to it because, like, as soon as they meet, they have like the very like wong 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 wong. Yeah, look they give him the old faces. stiff one eye uh, when they first meet. They they go the the uh, exactly um, when uh, Sue and, and Crocodile Dundee, and, and then they kiss the end of the outback part. But then she and Crocodile Dundee fly to New York, and she kisses Richard. And I'm like, uh, I've got some questions, movie. And the movie's like, don't worry about it. And they're kind of lovey-dovey <laughs> at the restaurant. Right, and-, and I'm like, you just kissed Crocodile Dundee, and now you're dragging him to dinner with you and your boyfriend to watch you canoodle over each other? And she's kind of like, up. she's upset with him when he punches her uh boyfriend but like not that upset she's like have, we well, have a, she, go to sleep we have a big day tomorrow it was like her <laughs> and then she comes in and does that weird dance with the well that's yeah the, the day after she comes and does the rosita dance yeah so it's kind of like a she doesn't mind that he punched her boyfriend yeah there's not there's not a lot of tension of like well she's probably gonna until i guess the the proposal scene where you're like where she and, accepts kind of but it's all kind of like I mean, I guess, you know, it, it's not like these kind of, you know, love stories are, are all ever that big of a mystery. Of course, they're going to end up together. But right. like, but still, there, there wasn't a lot. Will of, they or will they? Yeah, it was a very narrow triangle, I guess. Well, I guess I, I feel like the movie sort of built up. It almost, I can't tell if it was an afterthought or if something got cut, but the movie almost builds up. They build up this proposal scene that's sort of the big, like, hinging point of this, the the story where that's when crocodile Dundee gets sad, um, yeah. and goes wandering after midnight. Welcome um, back. he goes for a walk, 
in the team squee. Uh, <laughs> team squee. Team squee. Uh, <laughs> and. And then we, we find out the next day that she says, oh, well, I, I'm not going to marry Richard. And that, that's, that's the la- literally yeah. the last scene where I'm like, we don't get to see like Richard's comeuppance. Yeah. Aside from him getting punched in the first or the second scene we ever see him in. But I mean, we don't get to see that like, I don't love you anymore, Richard. Or him being yeah. like, that, good thing that crocodile guy is going tomorrow because I hate him and everything he stands for. <laughs> and then she can be like, well, I happen to like him. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. But we don't get that. And I feel like there's like a lack of catharsis. It's just like all of a sudden she's running after Crocodile Dundee and we don't know why. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know why, but I mean, it doesn't, it's Rugged almost like the handsome. movie's like, yeah, you get the fucking idea, right? Yeah. You've seen a bunch of these fucking movies. I will say this. A lot of our complaints about these movies are about trimming the fat. And while you maybe could have made some cuts here and there, and obviously there's some big things that we would have could changed. Have trim the transphobic fat first. Uh, but as far as like Always being, trim the transphobic <laughs> fat. But uh, trans fats are the worst. Oh, <laughs> trans fats are the worst. Uh, but like in general, it wasn't bloated. Like that's a common complaint we have for these kind of movies. And it was, it did kind of like zip along pretty good for. I will say era. that, but I mean, I feel like they, they were, it just seemed like they were missing just this one little scene or explanation. Yeah, she seemed really into Richard, except when she was really into Crocodile Dundee, and then she was really into Richard again, and then the movie's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, she's just not gonna marry him. What? What? Save that for the sequel, right? Where she's like, oh, by the way, I just wanted to clarify the reasons I didn't marry Richard. I do want to say, <laughs> Richard is a cultured, employed editor at a big newspaper and she leaves him for the violent transphobic uh, <laughs> backwoods what else did i write on paper it doesn't it look down. so great physically threatening and racist guy now he's the one she ends up with and then she dumps the the old nerd nerd pants he does who might also, have a drinking problem he's got a bit of a uh, face like a catcher's mitt as well <laughs> um <laughs> Two That's things. Two things I have to touch on uh, before we wrap up. Um, the real life crocodile Dundee, Rada Ansel. The, oh right! Did you read up on any of that? It looked rather sad. I skimmed it, and I was like, "Oh." Well, there's a bit of debate because Paul Hogan has said that it was not based on Rada Ansel, but if you read his story, it's kind of exactly <laughs> right. Like he got lost in the wilderness and uh, drank cow's blood to like to stay hydrated and all this kind of crazy shit. And, uh, you know, was, had some of the fish out of water experiences, but I don't know how many of those were embellished later, but he, he definitely came to prominence before the movie came out and then kind of, and it sounds like it also that Paul Hogan only started saying that crocodile didn't do like came out of my own brains, uh, when he was touring for the third and I'll say best movie (laughs) in the Crocodile Dundee saga, uh, Crocodile Dundee, colon, in, colon, Los Angeles, colon. Colon. Um, So, uh... There's a character named Los Angeles, and they go inner vision into the (laughs) inner space. Uh, So I wonder if there was a little bit of maybe like, um, you know, after 20 years of being associated with this character and you know you know having this character basically pay your bills that you're like yeah i invented him 
not that it's necessarily a lie even, but just sort of like he sort of it's re- inflated in your brain. He redacted that right. part of the inspiration. Well, and and I guess read up on him if you're interested. But the the story of the of Rod Antel's life is actually really sad. Like the way he like got really bitter about not making any money from this, and yeah, got like a cease and desist for like using Crocodile Dundee for a tour or something. He was trying to do, and then and died in a police shootout. <laughs> like oh. it was just like really crazy. I mean, not that he it's necessarily justified that he blames the movie for all that, but still, like it was. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The same um, thing happened. Uh, to Kramer on his Kramer tours in New York, the guy who was the inspiration for Kramer died in a police shootout. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> well. Um, the How other thing you- that I have to talk about is the two phrases that my Australian friends taught me. Okay. Uh, that I haven't tried out yet. I hope podcast. they listen to this podcast so they can hear how flawless... All of Mystery Unixinis. Uh we they already know that I'm very bad at Australian accents because they're so good at American accents. And I try <laughs> it and they would just laugh at me because they would go like, What's up, dude? How's it going, buddy? And I'm like, That's pretty good. Um and then I they And they're like, Tell us that a dingo ate your baby. The phrase uh the phrases were both having to do with being hungry. Accurate. Uh and it was uh <laughs> I could eat the crotch out of a dead duck. Was one of them. Uh-huh. I feel like uh, you got crotch, but duck was like... Yeah. I could, I could eat a nun's bum through a cane chair. <laughs> a cane chair? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, feel free to use those. Um, Me, personally. I well, could anyone. Nin- I could eat a nun's bum a cane chair. See? Um, That's, it's just that easy. Every vowel in the Australian accent is an E. Oh, Done. Okay. <laughs> Now, I can eat a ninting I still think you're going to New Zealand with it. Um, all right, verdict. Uh, with some big reservations, uh, I would say uh, your inner child is not an idiot. Yeah, it was an enjoyable film, despite the gaping transphobic, transphobic. You live really. <laughs> problematic scenes yeah. uh despite that it was he's a charming character and i could see you know given you know i'm gonna say not an idiot uh with some like a big asterisk like the size like barry of barry bonds ball. a yeah. barry bonds style <laughs> asterisk yeah uh what do you guys think email us at you're in a child is an idiot at gmail.com you can find damon on twitter at damon xanth x-a-n-t-h you can find me on twitter at dj phillips you can find our podcast on twitter at y-i-c-i-a-i and you can find us on iTunes. Please rate and review us. If you do that, more people will find us, and we'll keep doing this forever and ever and ever. And we'll get better and better at accents, I swear. I refuse. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. You can search the things. Um, search the what else? things. What else? Are we on other uh, things? No, that's it. Okay. That's enough. That's enough things. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Good day. <laughs> I can't even mean through a king tea. Get out.